my name is Christine Dison, and I'm the CEO and founder of the Modern Artist Project. Today, I'm with Francesco Rocco, Vice President of Lilium Sound Art, an association that promotes music, art, science, and culture. Thank you, Francesco, for joining us today. Ciao, everyone. Nice to speak to you, Christine, tonight, and welcome everyone who's listening. So what time is it in Italy right now? Uh, that's a good question. It's almost midnight, uh, but again, like I used to work at nights, you know, as many musicians do, uh, arranging, you know, uh, composing. So yeah, it's totally fine to have this kind of conversations uh, at this time of the day. So uh, Francesco, can you tell us a little bit more about your background? In few words, I am mainly a musician, a music teacher, guitar teacher. As you can see, that's my guitar case. Uh, just came back after a long uh, day at school. Um, so I'm classically trained. I studied uh, conservators in, in Italy first, and then I moved to the UK, where I studied in London uh, at Trinity Laban Conservatory of Music and Dance. And this maybe tells you already a couple of details about how I've never been that academic in my training. I always looked for, you know, kind of modern alternatives to the very old fashioned ways of seeing classical music. And not only that, then, you know, then my life brought me to do many experiences. I always, not just in music, but in general, in arts, I try to explore a lot of languages. And I started getting into photography and video making. And also I have, a, I hold a, a bachelor degree in environmental engineering because I'm passionate about the environment and I have a passion for science. Uh, although I don't, you know, practice the profession of engineer, but I still, you know, studied for a few years. When I can, I do my, my part to have the environment and the others. That's pretty much in few words. No, oh, that's amazing. It sounds like you have such a variety of experiences. How do you feel those shaped you to be the artist that you are today? That's a great question. I don't have a direct answer because every day I feel different about myself and my art. So I guess that all these experiences combined together shape the way in which I see the world. And there are moments in life where I can use some skills that I learned, for example, at the engineering school where I need, I don't know, to uh, deal with some finance aspect of my projects, a uh, financial aspect of my projects. And the more soft skills when I have to interact with other humans, uh, for example, designing uh, a project with my association, Lidium Sandart, the one you mentioned before, requires a lot of those. And others, of course, uh, pick up from the uh, you know, all that big amount of experience that I had uh, during my studies as a musician, especially when I have to perform or compose or interact with other uh, artists, really. So really, it depends on the day and depends on which project I'm doing, I guess. No, this is this is really great. And I feel like a lot of our listeners would be able to learn from this, you know, in regards to taking the skills, which it sounds like you have with, you know, music, photography, engineering, science, and being able to create something that was really meaningful for you. How did you go about it? And how long did it take you to get there? That's a great question, especially the first one. How did I get there? I think that, you know, when I first started my 
conservatory studies in, in my hometown, uh, which is a city called Padova. It's not far from Venice, for those of you who don't know north of, East, uh, of Italy that well. So I started studying there. It was a very old-fashioned approach to music studies. And I, I felt a little bit not ready for the world, for the big world outside the I felt that, okay, I was learning my guitar skills, but that kind of training was not giving me the tools that I, I knew I would have needed then in the future. Also, because I think that the arts nowadays are not just about, you know, playing an instrument super well, but it's also about being sensitive on how the world is changing. And this means to, to deal with a lot of technologies, with a lot of science, with a lot of communication, and in general, to being able to have a wide vision of how the world is going. For instance, I decided then to get deeper into the environmental science, uh, but that was my personal choice. So I guess that the, the, the idea that was at the beginning, that, that sparkled the idea of, of not just following the academic studies of music, was that the, those were not enough. Uh, they were not covering all the skills that I, I knew and I needed more and more. No, this is this is really great to know just because of the fact that when we think about our world changing, and this is something that I, I think that is very interesting that you bring up. How do you think when we think about different teachers, different people that we work with, how we can make them more aware of that and how by increasing this awareness can help us you know, be better advocates for the art that we, we serve? That, that's a great question. And especially as a music teacher, I have to say that probably one of the answers, because there are many, of course, uh, it's not just one answer, you know, to, to complicated problems, but one of the answers could be technology. You know, when, when I, before studying engineering, I studied one, one year of art history and the contemporary art teacher told us an interesting story about how all the history of art really dependent, dependent on, on technologies and how technologies affected society and how artists reacted to these technologies. So there are generational gaps. We can notice that when we think about our parents' generation and now, you know, my generation, I'm in my 30s now, and I can definitely tell that the gap is huge. But I can already notice that there are gaps between my generation and our leaving the school, their experience in the school is completely different uh, from my experience. So I guess that one tool that can help unify and, and uh, solidify, you know, the the both parts of the dialogue, the teachers and the students can definitely be an upgrade on technological aspects of nowadays life for the older generation. No, this is this is really great with having education play a really big role in how we can make that difference. And I feel like sometimes we as music teachers or teachers in general underestimate that that agency that we have. So one of the things that with the different budget cuts that are happening, you know, in the arts, I know where it's like I'm preaching to the choir, right? Do you have any suggestions in how we can make music or even just art in general more more relevant to to everyone in 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 the world? 
That's that's another very good question. I again, there's not one single answer. I think it really depends on the social and economical context we are living in. Uh, like that could be an answer for me. Uh, someone else living in France or in Japan or in South Africa could have completely different vision of this. But in my experience, and you know, again talking with uh, many colleagues from around the world, I really think that you know in the past the role of art was to kind of capture these um, signals from society before the society itself could clearly express them and it had in a way the role of anticipator the role of the artist you know that could explain to society well in advance what their direction was in in, in life in this world nowadays art is still hold that that very you know powerful role but again i think that in many social contexts technology is taking over somehow so i believe that we need to find a dialogue with technology if we want art to continue pursuing that beautiful beautiful goal and aim to to that is to help people imagine the future no, I I agree with you. And I think that dialogue is important. And I feel like in a sense, when we think about the digital age that we live in, it's pretty crazy. I don't know about you, but I'm also in my 30s. And nowadays, it's just like, it's amazing how many things are just easily available now on the internet. But at the same time, it's one of those things that we also have to learn even, you know, even where we are of how we can make sure we can establish that presence. So how do you feel, Francesco, being an artist in this digital age that we live in? Yeah, it's busy. I guess it's busy. That's the first thing that comes to mind, especially because you got many things that you can learn, almost free or accessible at just couple of clicks away from you, you know, and, and that's the exciting part, but the busy part as well, you know, that, that's what makes it, it can be overwhelming, let's be, let's be honest. And sometimes it's always good to go back to that very human way of making art, just like a few people in a room with their instruments singing and playing, that's for sure. But the pros is that it can really uh, be accessible, like uh, a banal example, but speaks a lot for that. Um, I can record from my new city from the same laptop I'm talking uh, to now. And uh, again, when I was a, a music student, this was like kilometers away from my disabilities. So nowadays, a young artist can definitely take advantage of all of these tools, but it needs some guidance on how to organize and navigate through this huge amount of possibilities that an artist can have. Um, I believe that that's the role of, of the teacher. That's why the teacher should be well-educated first. And then it can definitely be a guidance uh, because we need someone that helps us seeing the, the path through all of this. That's fine. No, this is, no, this is really great. And I, I feel like that path is something that's really important because I know um, from my own personal experience too, it took a lot of experimenting and making mistakes and being able to learn from those mistakes to be able to at least be on the path that I'm on too. And it sounds like you've, you've, you found your path in a really great way. I mean, 
the environment, engineering, I, I could not imagine myself doing that on top of doing art. So that's something that's really, I think that's really beautiful. So when we think about this type of impact and influence, you, you've already mentioned that now with the technology and you be becoming educated and more comfortable with it and using it, how, how do you feel it's, it's changed your way of being able to communicate to, to your audience? I don't know if it actually helped me in the communication with my audience. Uh, for sure, it's you know it's something that I know how to do, like to 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 use this technology. But communication, it's a completely different thing if you think about it. It's like a sculpture; like you can sculpt, you can create a beautiful statue, and then you have to be able to show it to the world. I like this idea that the Technologies like sculpting. Of course, it's a short step because we're all exposed to, especially social media, but in general, like a, a strong network of, of, that is created and sustained by the technology we all use. Um, but knowing how to communicate, I think that doesn't depend on technology in itself. It depends on our idea of who we are and what we want to show others with our art. And that you can be a great technician, engineer, scientist, or super pro at computers or whatever. But if you don't have that, ah, that you can have your tools that can help you. But at the end of the day, I think that true communication goes through that inner voice that tells you, you need to tell this to others. So I believe that technology can help, but artists still need to look for that. Because let's be fair, you can have your 10,000 you know, views or comments or whatever they are, they don't count. They don't, they don't really count. You just need to change one person's life and uh, your, your art reach the goal. That's what it takes. No, this is no, this is really great. And I and I think that's something important to communicate those types of differences, you know, with the idea of communication and, you know, being able to have art be able to speak to itself, whether or not it touches someone or it makes someone happy or even, you know, makes someone angry. And, you know, even that's OK, too. It's you know, when we think about, you know, the reactions that we have to art or even to music, it's it's good to not feel indifferent to be able to fire a type of emotion. Ocean. And I think that's something that's really important. So in regards to like the advice that you would give a young person today who's wanting to pursue a career in music or not even in music, art or theater, what would you give them in regards to, you know, your own personal experiences in regards to you? Yeah, like, again, um, it, it really depends what you want to do with, with your life and it is not, not even that because i don't know what i want to do with my life at some point you know but but what your what your interests are but for sure i will say that a background in science a little background in science can definitely help you it can help you with your invoices with your tax return it can help you with fixing problems with your laptop because you understand that it's a CPU problem and not the GPU problem, and that can already, you know, save save you a lot of money. And uh, and again, I think that having that kind of scientific approach in 
analyzing a problem and, and stepping back a little bit, you know, yeah, seeing that with, with, a, with a method can help, can help art, definitely. It can help, it can help art in its creation phase, but not necessarily because you don't necessarily need that, but it can help all the other activities that as an artist you will have to do at some point. Unless you are someone that is lucky enough to come from a, a rich context where we just need to think about, you know, sculpting your sculpture and someone else will bring it to the museum and make sure that everyone will see your sculpture. If you are lucky enough to live in that condition, good for you. But I tend to notice that the majority of the artists are not from that position. And I want to value the artists that decide to, you know, undertake this beautiful and brave career, if we want, even though they don't come from that amount of, of, of money or, or social context that really sustain and help them in all the phases of life. So if that's your condition, that was my condition, for example, I think that all the things that you know how to do are things that you're not paying someone else to do that for you. So in the long term, it really makes you step forward faster. At the beginning, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of like studying, understanding, making a lot of mistakes. Uh, please enjoy making mistakes. It's the most beautiful thing in life. And, uh, but in the long, in the long run, people will notice that this person can really master so many skills. And when you master them because you need to learn them, because they serve the purpose of your art, even dealing with computers can become beautiful because it's not just about computers in itself. It's about how they help your creativity. You've touched on several points here, Francesco, which I think are, are very important. You know, this idea of being creative with the skills that we, we have uh, to it's so, like, so basically saying that it's okay to be scientific, you know, because that the skills that you learn in science are going to help you be able to survive as an artist or being able to say, okay, well, I know how to do X, Y, Z. Then with the logic, uh, with problem solving, being able to do these types of things is, is only going to make you better. And one of the things that I really liked about what you said was the fact that it's okay to make mistakes. As long as we learn from them, it's okay to make those. Because I feel like today's society, I don't know about you, but we get so afraid to make mistakes because we get scared of embarrassment and humiliation that hurts and and I'm, and I'm speaking as a music teacher i think something needs to change and it needs to change fast because it's not i don't tolerate anymore like we are so afraid of those mistakes especially when we are at school we need to make mistakes especially when we are in a safe environment you know so it happens and i have students those, the first year that I just met, maybe one month ago, we just started this long path of learning music, learning an instrument. And of course, what happens at the beginning, that you make mistakes. I mean, professionals make mistakes, so why wouldn't you? But so they, they, they play and they make mistakes and they tell me, oh, I'm sorry. And I'm like, you don't have to feel sorry, just be happy. Just look how many things we're learning thanks to, to that mistake you just made. And look at how many opportunities it gave you to stop for a second. 
when you realize that you made a mistake, that's the moment where you don't realize, but you, are, you already started learning from it. It's just the fact that it made you stop. It's like, Hold on, something was not okay there. Well, that's where your, your brain started. Okay, okay, let's learn from it. If you're afraid of it at that point, you're stopping this process. Don't, don't be afraid. Just embrace it. That's you. That's, you. that's part of your path in life somehow. No, this is, uh, this is really important. I feel like this is a very important conversation to, to share with people because of the fact that a lot of the time we focus so much on what we need to teach our students, what they need to know, what, what they should know, but not being allowing the space for them to be able to breathe you know, in the sense of if I make a mistake, then she's going to think I'm terrible. Whereas it's actually not true. It's actually, if you do make a mistake, it allows me to understand what I can do to help you become better. And I think th these are things when we think about this idea of art, you know, in schools, I, at least in the United States, there's a lot of budget cuts in the United States, which actually breaks my heart because going through that system, I was able to have the opportunity if it wasn't for the music programs in school, I probably wouldn't have been able to take this path. And so do you have any advice for any of the teachers that you know, struggle with this idea of retaining students, you know, to show them the value of music, of what they could do to help their student become more involved. I think oh, that that's a very sensitive topic. And I, 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 we all suffer from it. Funds for art are being cut like uh, poorer, literally. <laughs> um, I think it depends on the age of the students, but I think having honest conversations it's the, the first step to take. It just sometimes as an artist, we are afraid we, we, we are the first who are not able to connect on the, you know, day-to-day -day, uh, point of view with other humans, because we tend to think so much about our art and, you know, the big systems in our life that we sometimes forget the, the little things, the daily things. And having an honest conversation on how a life of, of an artist can be, and uh, with, with its beautiful aspects, with its weaknesses, with its difficulties as well, uh, helps seeing the role of an artist in a society as normal. We need to normalize artists in society. Artists that pay taxes, that, that need to pay for their bills and their, their car insurance and need to travel kilometers to, to, to you know, go to another school that just offered them a new contract or to record that CV that has been waiting for too many years. And having these honest conversations, little by little, I hope, will help the audience to interiorize this role of artists around them, around us. Because we are all, we all can be artists little by little, especially with technologies nowadays. If you want just your one smartphone away to create something beautiful, have honest conversations with students, with the parents, and, and explain them how it is. And explain the struggle that you're living. And we all, all the workers have struggles. Different, of course. And it's, I think, correct 
and honest that you know societies start understanding deeply ours many times and that happened in Italy, we, we, I don't want to mention anyone specifically, but it happened that, you know, there are some artists that are marketed like, you know, the visionaries, like many, many colleagues get angry because they say, you know, this person gives the idea to a big audience that artists don't need to eat, pay their rent. It's, it's important that as a category, we look together for solutions to uh, found to find a clear place in our uh, societies and i'm talking about and i would like to know what you think about this question and everyone else who's listening uh, also about regulation laws um, in my country for example uh, compared to the country where i lived before the uk there's uh, a huge gap of, of laws that regulate our work if you want to be a freelance musician in my country it's not that easy um so we need unions we need to to find ways as a category to be relevant and heard and finally regulated. no i i agree and i think you know when we think about you know the survival of art and when we think about having it be something that is tangible, something that people can feel good about, Some even being able to inspire different memories. I think types of unions, types of communities that allow, you know, that type of support, I think are crucial. I think community actually, uh, Francesco, you bring something uh, up that's very important. The fact that a lot of the time, I feel one of the downsides with the digital age that we have is that we are kind of isolated, right? In the sense that, you know, I could do everything from my computer or I could do everything in a studio with a computer uh, type of thing. I could get a pianist if I want them to play with me. But at the same time, when we think about that isolated production of art, sometimes we forget that we need to we need communities of people to share that with too, you know, with like-minded people. And I agree with you. I think community is extremely essential to the survival, not only with the education part that you mentioned, you know, being able to share this with your students, explaining to them the importance of why, you know, why why they do what they do, right? With studying music, how how to move on with that. These are these are very these are very important things. So when you think about young professionals, when you think about what they can do, we, I know we talked about this idea of different paths, being able to say, okay, well, it depends on what you like. But when we think about, I, I don't know about you, but I never learned how to write a curriculum or to write a CV or to, I had to take classes in writing to become good at it. But I mean, what would you give advice to in regards to like you know people who who want to you know do art who want to pursue it the first thing that i will tell them is like do not be afraid of asking people because we all have so many skills around and the first thing to do is ask for help ask for help to those who think can be well prepared in the the, the field you're you're interested into such as writing a CV, for example, um, and, and the list can go on. So the first thing is like, sure, you can find many answers online, but if I think about my path as, as an artist, and not only, the biggest learning moments were 
I'll, uh, I just, you know, picked up that phone or just organized a meeting with that friend. And I'm like, hey, please, friend, help me. I, I need to understand this. I know you're good uh, at that. I know it sounds banal, but we are so afraid of asking sometimes for, for help and for advices. And we love to give good advices if we can. So that's the first exchange. And that's the beginning of a community to think about it. Uh, so that, that's for sure. Um, on the other hand is really to look at how the industry is doing. Meaning when you study, for example, engineering, you, at some point of your studies, you start looking at how the, the, the industry is going. And you start wondering, okay, I could do that kind of job or the kind of job that I used to dream about when I was like younger doesn't exist anymore, but it turned into something different. So um, there's kind of like a, a mature approach, a mature point of view on, on how the situation is for the market and for the industry we'll be working with. And uh, to artists, I say, have a look at what's going on. Uh, is this music apart from your personal taste, well, like, what's going on in the world? How's, how, how's artists from the other side of the world doing? Uh, what are the, the new tendencies, like in, 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 what are the new niches that are coming out? Be curious, discover, discover, like, and be ready to be surprised. To be surprised that, you know, something really unexpected, something that you really disliked will become the next big thing. And you might end up liking it at some point. And don't be too hard on judging yourself for not liking it first, because that's what's going to happen in your life. You're going to change ideas many times. No, this is, I, I think, I think that's really great advice. I think what I, what I also liked was, you know, the idea of not being afraid to ask for help. Because I feel like today in our society, we get so pulled back, you know, oh, I don't want to bother this person because of this, or maybe they're too busy, they're, they might be too important for me. And, and that, that actually hinders that, our, our ability to create community with the people that could potentially help us collectively grow together as, as one. And I think that's something that's great. I think also too, I know for a fact that if I were, you know, it's so funny, the last bit of what you said to, to just always try, you know, new things. For me, if I were to tell myself 10 years ago, 24 year old Christine, hey, Christine, um, it's okay to ask for help. <laughs> I think that I think that that piece of advice, Francesco, that that golden nugget is really valuable for people. For sure. That's exactly like I, I, I wish I realized it earlier, but I think that's part of the game at some point. Just realize it's okay to ask. Also ask with precision, be humble when you do that and but don't be afraid of not knowing things again like the fact that you don't know things is not a mistake it's just something that is happening this here and now and it will change at, at some point of course learning to do research by yourself is a great tool that's how you will end up learning the majority of the notions informations but the experiences that will remain in your brain probably going to happen through direct communication. So be precise on what you're asking and, uh, you know, study before the situation, but maybe you try to imagine what the person you ask 
begin to is most prepared about and uh, and just go for it with your limits and yeah be, be honest about yourself people appreciate that yeah so like manifesting being honest visualization i think these are really great pieces of advice and this was this was really great francesco thank you for joining us today and for sharing your experience and thoughts with us. We look forward to seeing the amazing things that you continue to do for your students in classical music. So thank you so much, Francesco. Thanks, Christine. And thanks everyone for listening. And hope to speak to you at some point soon. Thank you.